You're listening to the Physio School Podcast, your guide to becoming a physiotherapist. In this episode, we sit down with two absolute studs who go by the names of Aaron Wexler and Mike Cundell. Aaron and Mike are two current physiotherapy students at the coveted University of Toronto. During our chat with them, they provide great insight into what it's like to be a PT student at U of T, what the structure of the program looks like, how their experience has been so far, and finally, these two provide a host of helpful tips for anyone applying to the physiotherapy program at U of T. Believe us, you do not want to miss this episode. All that said, we apologize in advance for a few short stretches of audio disturbances during this episode. We're not 100% sure why parts came out that way, but I guess that's technology for you. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Hello, future physios, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Physio School Podcast, your guide to becoming a physiotherapist. My name is Anthony Pinto da Costa, and today I'm joined with a great man, a stupendous physiotherapist, and one of the world's newest dog dads, Mr. Reed Vandervluten. Reed, what's going on, man? the smoothest intro i've heard you do that was just silky really good absolutely it's good to be back on here it's been a long time since we recorded a pod we got a new back mountains looking nice right now so yeah i'm this one how about you how are you doing i'm good man i'm good and 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 you alluded to it it's it's been a bit and i'm happy to be back on and you know i'm gonna shoulder pretty much all that blame uh for those of you don't know just moved out to vancouver british columbia it was a big move so you know, things have been things have been uh, things have been moving pretty quickly in my life, so we had to take a bit of a break. But now we're here after the hiatus, and I'm I'm happy to be back on with you, Reed. So is it true you're you're healthier now that you live? Like I know you were healthy in Ontario. You're an active guy, eat right, but like I hear the air is different there. That's the thing. It's a bit it's a bit different. It's a bit different. I'm happy to be <laughs> For here. Three weeks. I'll say, yeah, I'll say maybe my health score just went up one point. Yeah, definitely. Anyways, guys, let's let's get into the reason why we're all here today, which is to listen to a couple of awesome current physiotherapy students at the University of Toronto to speak about their experience in the program so far. And, uh, you know, we think or we strongly believe that both of these studs uh, deserve an individual introduction of their own. So I'll do the honors of bringing in our first guests who is actually someone I had the pleasure of being a clinical instructor for uh, at Credit Valley Hospital in Mississauga, Ontario during his second last placement. Um, And let me tell you, this guy absolutely rocked this placement and made my life a whole lot easier because by the end of it, not even in line to you, this guy was basically doing my job for me. And that's exactly where you want your student to get to by the end of the placement. So Without further ado, I'd like to welcome in Sudbury, Ontario's finest to the podcast, Mr. Mike Cundell. Mike, how's it going, man? Good, man. Thank you uh, for that introduction. Those are very, very kind words. And uh, you're one of the greatest teachers that I've had. So it was a pleasure working with you. And it's an honor to be on this podcast and uh, talking about the great school of U of T and the amazing profession that we're about to be in. So it's going to be a fun time. 
You're going to crush it, man. I, I, I appreciate the kind words and, you know, missed having you around, but it, it, it was a good six weeks. It was a good six it weeks. It was a good six weeks. You know, my, my, my current place, it's just not the same, you know? <laughs> don't, don't tell your CI that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Reed, I'll pass it on to you to, to bring in our second guest here. So for our next guest to the Physio School podcast, we bring to you a man representing Earth Secondary School. In the six, he's a former bro- turned varsity blue, motion ball master in the future of spine rehab. If you haven't heard this name before, you need to write it down because Mr. Aaron Wexler is going to. Wow. And it's going way better after hearing that intro. I am perfect. Honored Thank goodness. To hear that, but I'm even more honored to be a part of this show and be able to speak about this program that I'm so passionate about and happy to be a part of. Awesome. Listening to the audio, I need you to pop on the YouTube because he's rocking a good bucket hat too, and everyone deserves to see that. So, couldn't resist the opportunity. Have to show off the bucky. <laughs> totally, love it. Well, guys, let's hop right in. I want to get a few intros from you both, make a bit more in depth about you know who you are, just have a good idea of who they're listening to for the next you know forty five minutes to an hour here. So, um, Aaron, if you and you know name where you're from like grad that sort of thing and we're all about the fun facts here so if you have a good one aside from that you're you know rocking a good grade to throw in oh wow okay I, i'm not very fun but i'll try my best um but hi my name is aaron i, I guess we already said that i'm from toronto originally i did my undergrad uh, in kinesiology at brock university um and a fun fact about me i i recently got a got a role as an extra in a new Adam Sandler movie coming out, uh, solely based off my experience of attending bar mitzvahs. I unfortunately wasn't able to take it on because I'm still in school and I wasn't able to miss several group meetings and class, but $150 for 10 to 12 hours sounded pretty good. So I definitely recommend it if somebody gets the opportunity again. Geez, that might be a tough, fun fact to follow up for Mr. Mike here, but you know, do your best. <laughs> no, that's going to be tough. But uh, yeah, so like uh, we said, my name is Mike Kendall. Um, I'm actually a little bit older than the majority of people in uh, physio school right now. I'm, I'm 28 years old. Um, originally from up north in Sudbury, Ontario, also known as the Dirty Burr. So shout out to Sudbury. <laughs> Um, I completed my undergrad at Laurentian University. I did that way back in the day, and then I worked a bit to save up to move down to Toronto. Um, And you know what's funny is that when I read kind of uh, the fun fact question, it took me a while to kind of think of one, and I actually had to to text my girlfriend to ask, you know, like, like, hey, babe, like, what's a fun fact about me? And in that moment, I thought, damn, like, I'm I'm kind of a a boring kind of guy. (laughs) But um, uh, a one fun fact about me, I guess, that I came up with, and it's not even that fun, is that I enjoy to partake in uh, several martial arts. Uh, that's what I like to do for a hobby. So not as good as the bar. Right. So. <laughs> don't don't that's get this guy. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. The the moral of the story there is just don't get in this guy's way. Don't get don't get on his bad side. <laughs> yeah. Beauty. Well, Mike, I'm going to keep it with you here. Um, we kind of want to know why you guys chose U of T PT amongst uh, 
the many PT schools in Canada. And yeah. if you got into any other programs as well, that'd, that'd be great to know too. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I chose UOT Physio for um, a couple of reasons. Uh, the main reason for me was the placement opportunities that the University of Toronto offered. You know, they have high caliber hospitals like Toronto, the kids, Billium, you know, Credit Valley, and also uh, high caliber private practice opportunities. And, you know, if that comes individuals that have so much skill and so much to offer and really be mentors and guide you throughout the placements. And the other reason why I chose U of T was because um, I like the way they laid out their curriculum uh, and that they offered the research opportunity, which gives you a chance to get like published. And that's a milestone that some people don't get a chance to achieve uh, or it takes them a while to achieve. And to have that title so close to after graduating is kind of a, a good feeling. Uh, so those were like the main reasons, you know, I had my secondary reasons because I felt like I was always a big city guy, never fit into Sudbury, wasn't really into fishing and all those outdoor activities. Um, but yeah, U of T was the only physiotherapy school that I applied to. And that was because my girlfriend lived in Toronto. So I wanted to move down. Uh, we'd be doing long distance for a couple of years. So it was time to get our future started. But that's not to discredit any of the other Ontario physio schools. They're all great. Um, but yeah, I applied to U of T, got in my first try. So now here I am, you know, almost about to graduate. Time flies. The rest is history, man. The rest is history. Yeah. And what about you, Aaron? Tell us, tell um, us some well, of the reasons. So I, I went to U of T for a few reasons. I Well, firstly, I was lucky enough to be accepted to U of T, McMaster, and Western. Um, I think U of T kind of pulled me in. Um, I am from Toronto originally, so that was probably my main reason. I wanted to start building my professional network in the city I wanted to end up in. Uh, I kind of had the experience of building a really good uh, network up in St. Catharines where Brock is, but now that me back in the city, um, there are great contacts and great references to have, but I can't actually be working for them anymore. And I kind of realized like, I want to be able to start working right when I finish school. And um, I wouldn't be able to do that as well if I went to school outside of the city I wanted to work in. Um, I also was, I'm a very big anatomy fan. I love my musculoskeletal anatomy. And I knew that U of T had one of the largest donor body programs in North America. Um, and it actually offers our students to have a full body dissection in our first unit of musculoskeletal anatomy. And um, that was really attractive to me. I spent a lot of time in the cadaver lab at Brock and um, being able to actually action and you know, strip away each muscle um, and kind of see the layers of the human body was really attractive to me. And um, and then as Mike said, the amazing hospitals and the, the catchment area is quite amazing. And like it really gives us that opportunities to like get our hands dirty in some of the, the world's best hospitals. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but those six commercials, those were like a huge inspiration to me. I, I would watch them kind of as like a motivation piece. Um, like, even before my cap and my cast, my Kira, I would like spend like a solid 45 minutes right before just watching the sick kids videos to kind of like hype me up. And be like, yeah, this is what I wanted. And one of the physios in one of the videos, his name is Ryan Ireland, um, actually went to UFT. And I was like, oh, wow, if he can do that, then do this and make such a big impact in these in these kids lives, like maybe I can too. So it kind of drove me to to want to go to that school and round up lecturing us one day and I, I got to meet him, which was super, super cool. That, that's amazing, man. I, I actually even remember you 
messaging me. I think it was like the night before your cap and you were telling me how you were watching those videos. So just, you know, the fact that you're here now is like unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I'll jump into this next question with you guys. So uh, we'll, we'll stick with you, Aaron, if that's cool. Um, what experience did, did you have uh, prior to PT school, both PT related and non-PT related? Oh, yeah. So I, I did quite a bit during my undergrad and by no means is this all necessary to do, but it's more so because I, I really liked having fun. Um, and this is my idea of fun. So um, PT related experiences, I was a lead volunteer at the power cord program at Brock University, which is a, a wheelchair accessible program for individuals with spinal cord injuries, multiple sclerosis, similar to the PACE program at McMaster for all you members out there. Um, and I ended up working there higher university experience. And that's what really got me into my, I guess it gave me my passion for working with people's spinal cord injuries. Um, I was also a volunteer and coordinator for a program with individuals with developmental delay and neurodiversities. Um, I was a student uh, varsity trainer for the swim team at Brock for about three years. I was a medical first responder apprentice with St. John's Ambulance for about two years. I shadowed a physio in the summer going into my fourth year, which kind of let me see what it was like to work with a physio and like the day in the life of a physio. Um, and then I also worked as a, a student uh, personal support worker in a group home for adults with uh, cognitive and neurodiversities one summer as well. Um, and then in regards to my non-PT related experiences, I was president of four clubs at Barack. Um, and again, I just like, I like doing things because it keeps me off the streets. Um, president of the Kin Council, um, which really allowed me to, um, I guess, get, get to know other students in my profession and see what others are doing with their degree. Um, I was also the editor-in-chief of the Brock Health Magazine, which was a student publication focused on topics within the healthcare field. Um, and it was for, created by students for students, so it was a really interesting perspective to get. I was the president of the Faculty of Applied Health Sciences Student Association, so I got to work with students from every single faculty within my, with, uh, within every single program within the Faculty of Applied Health Sciences, which was a really good introduction to the whole interdisciplinary collaboration that is so important within our field. Um, and then I was also the coordinator of the Faculty of Applied Health Sciences Mentorship Program, which was a mentorship program, which was, you know, faculty-wide. And then it actually sprouted into, um, I started uh, two other uh, faculty, or I guess, mentorship programs. One was with the um, Niagara branch of the McMaster Medical School, inspiring Brock students wanting to go to med. And then um, another program was for graduate students. So it was master students who mentor undergrad students for them to, I guess, pursue a master's degree. Um, and then I also, I was a, a webinar facilitator, I guess I still am a webinar facilitator for uh, Spinal Cord Injury Ontario. And I provide, um, I guess once every two months, I provide a lecture on the importance of physical activity after spinal cord injury. And then I also had some uh, research experience on top of that, which also was good to talk about on my applications, um, all of which pertain to spinal cord injury. The first one was a high intensity interval training on secondary complications of spinal cord injury. And then the second one being uh, looking into the perceptions of, of cannabis to manage neuropathic pain after spinal cord injury. Um, again, that was a lot. I know probably should have done less, but that's that's the answer to the question. Is that it, man? Or like, it's a pretty slim slim resume there. <laughs> yeah, it. how thick is your resume? <laughs> like how many pages do you have? <laughs> man, that's awesome. And what about you, Mike? Tell yeah, us a little bit about that. Yeah, you guys got to ask me the questions first because it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
I'll, I'll do I'll do a little summary, I guess. Um, so the closest um, thing that I did that was PT related was similar to Aaron, was the student trainer, athletic therapist. Uh, but I did it for the the basketball team at Laurentian. Uh, and you know, with that, you get to learn like all the tape jobs for different injuries and how to do sideline assessments, which is awesome. Uh, but I think the value in that experience was I used to take majority of, of athletes uh, to their appointments. So I would see, you know, doctors, chiropractors, athletic therapists, physiotherapists, and saw what they did and how they assessed and, and the treatments they used. And that's kind of when I fell in love with PT and, and started formulating my plan to get into um, physio school. Uh, my non-PT related experiences, um, they're all over the place. You know, I volunteered at a neuropsychologist's office and there I did research on traumatic brain injury. I was eventually able to present that to some undergraduate courses at Laurentian. I did some work with Alzheimer's Society, was on fundraising committees at hospital for events. I worked in the pharmacy for a bit and you so a wide like variety of experience and you know PT related experience is critical but I think for me these non PT experiences uh, put me in situations that help me build critical competencies uh, that are required for physiotherapists you know like collaboration communication time management all that sort of stuff and so I really think it's important when you're you're building up your resume with experience that you look for opportunities that are valued in the field of physiotherapy and that you can kind of draw upon when you're applying. I mean, not to say that, you know, working in a physio clinic is not bad, but I would say, you know, keep in mind, like, what physios need to be able to do, and then you can draw from your experiences and, and put that in your resume, and that's kind of how you can really uh, stand out and start, you know, formulating your plan. But yeah, that's that's the sum of mine. Um, that's all I got to offer. <laughs> no, it's, that's, that's amazing, man. I and mean, you yeah. guys both exemplify that 100%. Like Reed and I can both agree, like that's what we preach to, to people all the time. Um, <laughs> Reed, before you get into this next question, I know you, you like you said earlier, you, you said you like the fun facts, right? We, we, we like the fun facts on here. So Always. As uh, Mike was Mike was mentioning there, when he was a trainer for the basketball team for Laurentian, it was actually the same year that you and I were trainers. So when oh, I was a trainer it. for the basketball team, and then you had the baseball team. So Mike and I, we talked on placement, and we actually deduced that like we were like sitting right down, like bench to bench to each other during uh, the Western versus Laurentian game, which was. It was a tough game for Western that day. It was a tough game for me. I was getting called water boy. I got a wooden spoon <laughs> thrown at me. Like it, it, it was nuts, but it, it's, it's crazy how like four or five years later, Mike and I are on uh, placement together. Yeah. Laurentian Le- no was ruthless for their, um, for the away team, you know, <laughs> but Hey, you got through it now. Look at, you know, <laughs> Exactly. Uh, those experiences built you. You could put that on your resume, you know? Made me stronger, man. Made me stronger. Yeah. That's okay. They're like, this is a resilient individual <laughs> that can sit court side and get harassed by Laurentian's fan base. That's awesome. Well, thank you, experiences. That's awesome. And, you know, like we asked that question, obviously, to one mold that maybe want to get into PT school to be like, okay, I either need to pull myself, you know, get a little bit busier before I apply 
apply, but also just to get that advice, like you mentioned, Mike, like it's not all about the PT experiences directly related to it. It's that non as well. That's super important. Um, so thank you. Um, I was hoping to get a good overview of the program at U of T. Like we've got a lot of hopefully future varsity blues to, you know, be heading in or listening to. So Aaron, you just finished your first year finishing first year. Mike, you're getting close to the end of your second year. I was thinking maybe we start with ace out the program, maybe talk about how the semesters are organized, when placements are, um, how many placements there are in general, and then like length of program to it, however you see fit. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's a 26-month program. So I began in August of 2021, and I'll be finishing in October 2023. Um, and within that, those 26 months, we have, I believe, 14 units. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, I've only been through six of them. Um, but 14 um, in the first year is for six, and then you finish the rest of them in your second year. So the units I've been through already, so we start off with our critical foundations of PT, which is super chill. It was like the first month, it was like all of September. Um, and it's just an introduction to the profession. And you, you go over the competencies and scope of practice of a PT and the, the things you can work in and some very basic terminology, especially because like, you know, um, some people haven't done first year anatomy since I guess their first year. And that could be different years for different people, right? So they kind of try to help people get, catch up to the same level. Um, again, just like to the very basic terminology so everyone feels comfortable. Um, and then after that unit, we go into our, our second unit, which is our intro to um, MSK. Uh, and that, again, it's, it's intense because it's a big change from undergrad, but that's definitely where the, the program starts to amp up a little bit. But it's it's a lot of fun. You learn so much, and it's really cool to see it all in action. Like you, I remember going to the lab um, like at 8 a.m. Um, we would have our cadaver labs, and um, we'd be in our cadaver labs from like 8 to 10, and we'd be looking at a certain I guess, area of the body, like, for example, the ankle. And then um, at, like, 1 p.m., our, our um, anatomy lab, or our skills lab, and we'd be looking at special tests of the ankle. So I'm like, oh, I'm testing the ATFL that I just dissected this morning. And that was super cool for me to, like, kind of see it, like, within the same, like, eight hours of just being, like, seeing it underneath the skin and then just trying it on a real person. Um, so that was really cool for MSK. And then um, that goes into the winter. And then we come back after the Christmas break and we have our cardiorest unit. Um, and that's super interesting. Cardiorest physio is, is a different ball game, uh, but you learn so much and it's, it's very, it's not too, too hard. It's all new, but it's not like incredibly difficult by any means. Um, and then after cardiorest, we get into our neuro unit and that is, I guess, notorious for being a bit more complicated to an extent, just because it's, you know, we're learning our neuroanatomy as well as, you know, the, the clinical skills and the theory and the physiology. So uh, that's a bit more of a intensity scale. Um, and then right after neuro, we have our, I guess we go into our first clinical placement. And uh, I really like that the program's laid out this way because we already have our MSK, cardiorest, and neuro under our belts. So we're able to go into all any of those fields at that point. Um, and that's a, a six-week placement. We have five, six-week placements throughout the program. Um, but something I didn't mention is we have our, our ACE days. And ACE days, that means um, it stands for active clinical exposure placements. And those are basically observation placements that are structured within our first two semesters. So like within, um, it starts in October, even end of September. And you just go in, you shadow a physio, you might be able to do some hands-on stuff, but it's very low stakes and you're not looking to take on a caseload by any means. It's just for you to get accustomed to the, like what a life of a PT is like and kind of learning what it's like to 
different settings. Um, and I really like that because uh, those two ACE placements we had. So my first one was in clinic, Cleveland Clinic, shout out Saba. Um, and then my second one was at Baycrest Hospital. So I, I wasn't in a hospital beforehand, um, but those were two additional experiences on top of our five internships, which allowed us to, I guess, see different uh, facilities and different healthcare teams, and then also be able to network make connections with those teams as well. So I now am connected with more people than I would have been if I didn't have those exposures. Um, and it was really great and just kind of helps build your confidence and allows you to apply what you've learned in class. Um, and then after your first clinical placement, um, it brings you to about, um, I guess, end of July or beginning of July. And then you have our six week um, critical thinking in PT, which is what I'm currently doing. And it's basically, um, we tie in everything we learned from MSK, Cardioresp, and Neuro into one unit. And then we also take on um, burn care, um, lower limb loss, and wound care. But like now we're thinking about more in-depth patients and more complex cases. And um, like hypothetically, somebody who comes in, they have um, HIV, COPD, um, osteonecrosis, and then they also had a, a knee replacement. How do you create a, a physio plan for them? And it's kind of gets you thinking about everything and you have to do some research. There's a lot of problem-based learning within there as well. Um, and it's it's very cool. Um, but yeah, so that's my, that was our first six units. I know right now we have our research coming up, but I haven't experienced that. So maybe I can take on from, from unit seven and onwards. Yeah, for sure. And uh, good job summing that first year. It's a, it's a lot, but it's a very, rewarding experience and, and like I said earlier that's why I like the layout of, of U of T because it goes before your first placement you've got MSK you've got neuro and you got cardio rest now your first placement might be an MSK which you might be a little rusty in but you got the foundation so all you need to do is just review your notes and, and you're good to go um, but yeah when we come back from our break we go into unit seven which is our scholarly practice one so what you do is you pick um, there's a certain amount of research topics available for you and you pick and it's kind of like a random draw and you get assigned to a group and so when you come back in September this is when you guys get together you meet with your advisors you discuss your project and then you have the three weeks which doesn't seem like a long time but um, you can do it uh, you write your a manuscript protocol for your research study. And so those would, those three weeks are, are about. And then um, after that, you move on to your uh, clinical internship. So you have six weeks in one, and then right after the other, you have another six weeks. So you have two back-to-back -back clinical internships. And as you move on uh, in your clinical internships, like your first, your second, your third, um, you get to take more and more um, caseload from your clinical instructor, CI. Obviously, they make sure that you're comfortable and they're not going to just leave you hang out to dry. But it's really, really rewarding experience to have um, that control. You know, it feels like you're a real physio. It feels like you're already out in the field. So it's a very, very um, rewarding experience to have that. And then after those uh, clinical internships, you come back and it's unit 10, which lasts for 12 weeks and it's our advanced MSK unit. And so in that unit, you take the foundations that you've learned through unit one and unit two, you know, your basic MSK and you apply them. You learn mobilizations of, of every body part. You learn TMJ, which is amazing. That's the unit that I kind of fell in love with. Um, and 
so you do you do that and throughout that um, unit as well you work on your research unit so this is when you do your data analysis and your data collection so it's a heavy unit but um, and it goes by really quick but you you learn a lot and you learn after advanced MSK you're pretty much you know good to go for private practice you know you have all the foundations it's just now applying it in real life um, so advanced MSK unit 10 was probably my favorite unit in um, all the curriculum and then we have like a mini break and then we go out for our fourth clinical internship um, which is six weeks and then when we get back from that we have selected topics in PT uh, which is kind of new but they 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 provide a list of topics that you can choose from and it's one week in one topic and then one week in the next topic so this year they provided entrepreneurship where you can learn about running a business starting up your own clinic and they bring people in from the community to talk to you it's really rewarding that's the one I took um, they offer pelvic health they offer um, vestibular rehab they offer sports therapy so you get to really this is when you kind of say okay like maybe I want to dive into more neuro or I want to dive into more MSK and learn stuff about sports and or maybe I want to open up my clinic so I want to take that course and learn a little bit more, more about that so um, aside from the advanced MSK that was my second favorite unit because then you really try to find yourself and explore what you kind of might want to do and then after that is our six week and this is what's our research unit this is when you develop you have all your data you have it all analyzed now you write the research paper um you present your research um this this year we had to do it virtually i'm not sure if aaron hopefully you'll be able to do it in person virtually was okay but just not the same as in person you know like it's just i don't know i never really liked virtual school it's better in person there's always that awkward time and virtual um you know like people talk over each other and stuff i don't know it's just better in person but so hopefully you're able to do it in person but it was good uh you present your research then you stay in contact with your advisors and then you you write your research paper um towards the journal that you want to publish so my group we wrote it towards um physiotherapy canada so now we're kind of in the process of, of getting that published which is really really exciting and so hopefully we find out about that and after that um we go into our final clinical internship which i am in now and then you're you're done the program you know which is kind of like anticlimactic because like after you're done your final internship you know you just end you know there's no like celebration you know like the last day is the last day and it's like oh two years of kind of gone by you know but that's where you'd make the friends and you have a celebration with them but yeah but yeah, I think that's the, the overview. I don't know if I missed anything or if you guys have any more questions, but that's the general overview of our two-year program. That was awesome. Man, you guys are on the ball. Like, I don't know if you guys like research this, but, but every time we ask a question, it's it's just like bang, 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 every single component of the program. And I'm like, geez, that's that's impressive. And it's there's a lot of unique things in U of, T, U of T's program that we haven't really heard before, which like, you know, like you were mentioning my, like being able to specialize at the end and choose pelvic health, vestibular, dive deep, 
entrepreneurial entrepreneurship, like that's a cool feature to U of T's program. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's awesome to have people in the community, like amazing physios coming in and, and giving you their advice. And it's just, it really like you soak it all in and it's so rewarding. And um, it was just an amazing experience. And Aaron, I'm, you're going to love that unit, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, another thing I would just wanted to stress too, is just, I think those ACE sessions you guys do, those active clinical exposures is so key. Like I actually would have loved to have that. I don't, I don't know how you guys felt about them, but like, even as a clinical instructor, like when, when you were on place with me, Mike, like, you know, those days where we had like two other students come in and I had like three students all at once. Like the one thing I liked about it was those students can now come in and like Aaron, you were saying like very low stakes. They're not, you're not asked to really do anything, but they got to see Mike, who is like a second year student, and they got to see kind of the responsibilities that he was shouldering at that point. And I think it's a good way to just kind of put in your head, like, look, I'm going to be there at one point, right? Because I think especially when you're a first year physio student, you're kind of in this phase where you're like, am I ever going to be able to like, you know, do it all on my own and carry my own caseload? Like, what does that even look like? So I think even, you know, say there wasn't another student there. I think it's great to just have that exposure before you're actually going to go do the the real thing. But yeah. that, that was my take on it. Yeah, no. Uh, I, sorry. Go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I, I think also for, for those students that was there when I was there, I know when I was about to start my placement i was nervous like i was so so nervous but i think you know seeing that second year student you know and and the support that i had at that placement and seeing that it can be done hopefully you know it calmed their their nerves down a little bit so they can because we're all capable like you know we're, we're all capable of do we got into physio school we're all capable it's just sometimes it is nerve-wracking you know your first placement or even your second placement but like it's like you said, the A sessions are, are huge just to just to see and to get exposure to that and be like, yeah, I, I can do this. You know, it's not going to yeah. be hard. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a mic drop right there for sure. Um, all right, moving on to the next one here, guys. We got to talk about GPA. You know, like you can't talk about physio school without talking about GPA in in in, in uh, Canada. So, you know, U of T typically has one of the highest sub GPA cutoffs. We see that year after year. Um, and it's usually a barrier for a lot of applicants and even a lot of like good applicants, people would make good, uh, physios in the future. So given that fact, do you guys have any tips to ensure that, you know, if you're, if you're someone who's applying to PT school in the next year or two, you're going to meet that cutoff. Maybe we can start with you, Aaron, and then we'll go off to Mike. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's always a good idea to kind of look in advance and see what that GPA cutoff was at one point. Um, but it's also important to keep in mind that it can change dramatically from year to year. Like I, I, I know that between the year I applied versus the year before me, it, it went up about from a 3.78 to a 3.83, was it something like that? So it's like, it's very, again, just seeing where you're at and being that ballpark is is probably the first step to do so and kind of having like that goal in mind. Um, I, in GPA is such a subjective thing and it varies from school to school and from person to person about what's 
possible, right? Because we don't want to burn ourselves out trying to achieve that GPA because it is getting unrealistic. And like what you said is like the people who are who aren't accepted are very, very similar to people who are accepted. And then there's just, just this little number in, in between. Um, but I guess the, my biggest advice is just look and do as much research as you can on what you need to get in and then use that as, as, a, as a goal. And that, the best thing I could say is just aim for a goal and try to meet that goal. Also, um, I believe, oh, it's a ORPAS, that's what it's called, the application, uh, the application I guess, survey um, or system. They have the, the SAM, uh, the Secure Applicant Messaging Program, where you can, I guess, ask questions about your, your applications. Um, if you have a, a course and you're not sure if it's a, you know, a practical course or an internship or whatever that wouldn't be traditionally counted to your sub-GPA, I definitely recommend reaching out to both SAM as well as much more in courses that they didn't believe courses and then they ended up being inter internships and count towards their sub-GPA. And that was like, you know, 4.0 and they weren't able to use it. So I guess looking at the courses that you're counting when you are calculating your own sub-GPA are uh, indeed counted to their sub-GPA as well. Just so you kind of have the idea of where you're at in comparison to where you might be at. No, I love that. What about you, Mike? What are you thinking? Yeah, um, Aaron, that was uh, great advice, man. Great, great advice. Um, it's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough question to answer. Um, but I think, you know, my advice, like Aaron said, you know, as early as you can in university, uh, have a kind of general idea of what, you know, you, you might want to do. And with that, go on to these admission sites. Like they list at U of T, PT, Physio, the admission requirements, they list it. So go into the website, look at the requirements so that you can work towards achieving them. For U of T, the sub GPA is like um, the twenty, the last 20 half courses or 10 full-time courses or something like that. I'm not sure, it's on, it's on the website though. Um, so what I did was I got the prerequisites out of the way because you need certain prerequisites, uh, which are also listed on the website. Um, so I got those out of the way. And then my last two years, uh, I took courses that I knew would uh, I would do relatively well in. Um, if that's not the case, then, you know, find support around you, you know, create study groups with your friends to go over the material together. If you have courses that are more challenging uh, for you in the last two years, you know, put aside extra time so that you can work on that and study for that. You know, I knew going into U of T, I was going, it was going to be hard and, and it's a challenge to get into U of T, but that's what makes it so enticing. And so, some of the courses I knew I wasn't going to do well in. I spent some extra time on that material, countless weekends at the library to the wee hours of the morning, but it all pays off. You know, once you get in, um, it's a rewarding experience. And um, luckily when you're in, you know, physio school, the grades aren't as heavily um, important, um, but, you know, sometimes, and I know burnout is a thing, so you got to be careful, but sometimes if you have that goal in mind you gotta you gotta work towards it and then when you eventually get into pt school you don't have to grind as hard it's still a grind um but you know it, it's all it's not all for nothing you know you're working towards your goal so sometimes you gotta put in the work you know but this is a hard question to to, to answer because it is very very competitive and you know sometimes people feel 
a little bit disappointed when they, when they don't get in, when they have similar results to other applicants. But, you know, don't let that deter you. Keep on trying. If it's your dream, if it's your goal, keep grinding. You know, don't give up. I love that. We need a uh, clip that we can post on our Instagram or something, Mike. I love it. But too, on like a topic that really isn't talked about all that much. Like everyone's like shy to talk about GPA, in my opinion. Like no one wants to give away their tips or tricks when they're trying to beat out the person undergrad lecture sort of thing. So thank you both for sharing that. I like it. And in that strategy approach is definitely something I can relate to of, you know, which courses are going to be submitted to the, which ones aren't. And then Mike, that, that grinded attitude is needed. So that's, all. um, I'll lob you guys a bit of an easier question here. There's been a few heavy hitters here for the last few. Um, and Mike, if you could start for me, we'd like to get an idea of, you know, where your guys' reference letters came from. So to like name and draw people specifically, but at U of T you require a professional reference letter and then one academic one. This is something as well that not a lot of people talk about through the process of trying to get an academic one and it was just like I was nervous didn't know how to ask so if you could run through maybe you know who those people were for you or to ask them that would be awesome yeah uh, of course man um so for my academic reference I used one of my professors who uh was fortunate for me uh, I took a couple of courses with uh and that allowed me to build like we built a good relationship um over the time that I had and they knew what my goals were. So when it came time to apply to physio, um, it was just a matter of asking. So I didn't feel too nervous because I, I built that relationship. And if you know, like, if you know, you're going to have multiple courses with a professor, like usually it's listed in what they teach, you know, try to try to build that relationship. Laurentian, it was a little bit easier because, you know, the Sudbury has a population of like 10 people. So like, it's easy to, um, <laughs> get um you know it's easy to build those relationships because you're not in a class of 500 students but do what you can you know you're, you know you're going to need an academic reference so try to build those relationships as early so when it comes time to it it's not an awkward conversation they know what you want to do so it's easy as you know i'm i'm planning to would you be able to provide a reference um so that's my advice for that i don't know if it's the greatest but um for my professional reference, I asked the uh, head athletic therapist at Laurentian who oversaw all the student athletic therapists. And again, because I did that for so many years, we had a good relationship and they knew my goals as well. And so when it came time to apply, um, they were more than welcome to provide a reference. Again, bringing it back to the point I made earlier, I think it's important to choose when you're thinking of a professional reference. Uh, someone that can speak on your behalf of the qualities that are, are important for physiotherapists to have because they need to um, talk, be able to talk about that, and that's important for, for, for entrants, I believe. So those are the two that I picked. Um, I, I built a strong relationship with them over the years, and so it was easy when it came time to it. So, um, yeah. Beauty. I, go I, um, sorry, yeah. So... Um, I guess building on Mike's point of, I guess, having it be a little bit easier to, I guess, stand out per se in a smaller school because there's large, really huge schools. Um, I definitely had that same experience at Barack, being able to just kind of, you know, make my network and kind of stand out in that way. So as I mentioned earlier, so um, I, I was quite involved in the student body and I, I did a lot for um, the faculty. And I, I 
created pretty good ties and a nice relationship with the, the dean of our faculty. Um, so he, he knew what my goals were and he knew how badly I wanted it. And I, I basically, I had the conversation with him like in April, like before the year I applied. Um, and he said that he'd be willing to do so. And then he got to see me work for a bit more and throughout the summer. And he, he we, again, started to build that rapport even more. Um, so then by the time I asked if he would be willing to do so in October, he was more than happy to. So um, I had him, I, it took me some time just to kind of figure out who I want to do my professional, who I want to do my academic, because I, I, I was very lucky to have such great contacts at that time. Um, but I decided to have, because I remember reading the description of the academic was to help dis, uh, describe my academic abilities as well as this, like in comparison to other students. I remember that was part of it. So I said, um, okay, well, he is the Dean. He gets to look at all of my marks. So I'm going to have him write my academic one. So I had my, the Dean of my faculty write the academic reference. Um, and I guess just speak to all of my marks at the time. And then, um, the director of the power court program I mentioned earlier was also my, my research supervisor, or I guess I was a research assistant at the time, but he was, it was his lab I was assisting in. So I had him write my professional reference on my ability to work in, in the team, as well as in, um, with the population as, as mentioned before. Um, and I, I kind of did speak with both of them, like pretty far in advance about what I'm, what I'm doing and maybe the message I'd like them to, I guess, convey. Um, and I, they're both, you know, incredible individuals and I'm sure they wrote a great reference. Um, but that was really it. I, I started early and that's what allowed me to get those references of my choice. Um, as well as like, I kind of thought of it way in advance so I could work my, my way up to asking and building that rapport with them. So by the time I did ask, it wasn't like, oh, are they going to say yes or no? Or it's just more it's like, oh, when are they going to give it to me? Um, because yeah, like I, they, they kind of offered it before I had to ask, which was which was really great. So I, I would recommend if you are thinking of somebody um, who would love to be a reference, I definitely recommend providing them the, the information that you're applying for school and you will need a reference. And then um, just work hard for them and try to show them what you can do. Um, and then like our professors and our, our faculty are happy to support you and support your professional development. So, um, there's a good to offer before you even ask. So I definitely recommend doing that. That that's great advice from both of you guys. Like the, I, I think the common and biggest theme between both of you is it's, it's starting early for this stuff. Like that it's not a science, right? Because you know, like you kind of both alluded to it. Like it is a little bit awkward if you're like, you know, in that December of your fourth year, it's like two days before the, the application deadline and you're asking for a reference letter from like, someone that you kind of know, you know, like it's, it's not, it's not the greatest situation. A lot of people like, don't get me wrong. People do get away with it for sure. And, and like power to them. But you know, if you're trying to make physio school applications as less stressful or as least stressful as possible for you guys, like that, that's definitely the best way to go. I and mean, you guys are both living proof of it. Both got into U of T physio, right? Multiple schools. So it's, uh, it's definitely a learning lesson for anybody listening. Um, Reed, I'm actually going to lob this next question to you. This is, this is kind of your, uh, your area to, to talk about. So you can, you can go into this one for sure. Absolutely. So when applying to U of T, obviously most universities in Canada for your programs, there's an interview component for U of T. You're the only app computer administered profile, profile, what it stands for. 
Um, you know, I don't want you to get into anything too. Obviously, that's pretty confidential information, and you're really not supposed to share about specifics or stuff like that. But could you just give us, you know, your overall experience with the cap? Like, you know, did you think you did well after it? What was your experience? Would you, you know, guidance or advice to people? Um, and maybe Aaron, if you could start, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... I think when I got that CAP invite was probably one of the best days within that that year of me applying to physio school. So it made me feel like, wow, I actually, this is real. I can actually do this. Um, so with that feeling came that anxiety of, oh, wait, I actually have to do really well on this for it to become a reality. So um, it's definitely intimidating. It's definitely an intimidating assessment because you know that you've already done so much. And you want to make sure that you can like finish strong after, you know, getting that sub GPA cut off and getting the good rest. Uh, re re references in the Casper quota. Um, and I, I really, I guess my biggest advice to anybody who might be writing the cap one day is to just practice, like think about the, the, the messages you want to convey um, and think about the experiences you'd like to share and then just figure out ways you'd like to work around using them. Um, the advice I was given, um, I also worked with Anthony and Reed prep, and this is when I signed up for physio school once I got that cap invite. Um, but I would, what I was told and what I, I think worked for me is um, tell them exactly what they want to hear. So if they're asking for a question on a time that you displayed a skill, for example, um, just do that. You know, like don't get too, too off topic or, or you won't meet the criteria to get the, the associated marks for that question. Um, because at the end of the day, it is a test. It is a, it does want, it does have a rubric to it and it's looking at how you answered the question. Um, and then, also, it's just think about ways to, I guess, you know, answer the, um, give them the answers that they're looking for and like tell them the skills that you have and the the ways that you'd be, like the way you could benefit their program. So, um, because that, that's, again, at the end of the day, it's a school, they want to, they want their next cohort of students to be successful and they want them to, to work their hardest. So being able to communicate that message and show them that you you really want to be not only a physiotherapist, but you want to be a physiotherapist um, in the city, if you can, in Toronto, um, working with different populations, open to new challenges, you're, you're a lifelong learner, and you want to do what you can to be the best healthcare professional you can possibly be, that's what's really going to help you stand out amongst the other 300-something students that will also get that invite. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Unreal. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off there. No, no, that's that's my fault. Sometimes I jump the gun, so I apologize. <laughs> um, virtual environment, you know, everyone always talks over each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, great great explanation by Aaron. I, I don't even know why I'm here sometimes, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the cap, it was okay. Like, every exam is, is, is stressful, and I think it's more stressful knowing that, you know, this is kind of like the last step before you get into PT school, like Aaron was saying. And um, I'm a person that doesn't really do well under a time pressure. So I knew going in that my strategy going into the exam would be focus on the harder questions well, that I thought were harder first, finish those, get them out of the way, and then go back to the easier questions at the end. Uh, when I wrote it, I think I finished with two minutes left, but that's because I quadruple check everything. And even after I finished that, uh, I wasn't confident that I did well because it's an exam that tests 
problem-solving skills and, and your knowledge and experience, and it and sort of lists on the website, so you can kind of get a brief description of what you know they're going to ask. So it's kind of hard to judge how well you did, um, but I think for people prepping for the exam, and what I did was when you're writing it, think of think of your experiences and what you can draw from from your background when you're answering the question. You know, think of times when you had to solve a problem. Think of times when you had to you know, critically think, use your experiences to answer the questions the best you can, because I think that's what they want. You know, they want to see that you're you're able to problem solve and, and do all those things. So try to draw on your experiences as best as you can when answering those questions would be my number one advice. Yeah. Beauty. No, I love it. You guys are giving out like too many gems for free here for for the listeners but you know it's a good thing it's a good thing it's going to be a layup for them when they when they do it this uh this upcoming application season um i'm going to go into another you know you can call it a pseudo interview uh almost the cap it's it's the cap with three letters added onto it it's the casper you guys have any general tips for for doing the casper and and maybe again we go same order aaron and then and then mike here Um, yeah, I would say my, my prep, okay, it was definitely different, but it was similar to an extent. Like I, um, I did like at first, the, the first thing I was told when I told, you know, colleagues of mine that I'm prepared for the Casper is that it's something you can't study for. I want to say that's like, that's a huge lie. You can definitely prepare for the Casper. Um, obviously you can't study for it. Like it's not a, there's nothing you can memorize per se. Like it's, you know, questions about yourself, but um writing an exam or not an exam but like something lasper is is not something that you can just pick up and run with it's um you know you have five minutes for a question and you have to type very quickly you have to get your thoughts down pretty quickly as well um and it has to make sense like they have to be able to understand what you're trying to communicate within that time and you don't have time to go back and check it's like after that five, five minutes you don't see that question again so that in itself is something that you should be practicing to begin with um I would also definitely recommend you know, the the basics of you know looking at both sides of the situation, um, seeing if there's a, a compromise that you can be making. Like those were very generic Casper tips, and it's that's what I did. Like that's what helped helped me get here. So it, it definitely works. Um, using your personal experiences is also a really good tip. It's just like you know I've um, in my experience as like the the trainer for the men's volleyball team or as a cashier at Food Basics. Uh, I had this a similar situation and this is what I did to handle it. So I think that Max in this situation can do this, you know, like kind of showing that you've been there and you kind of understand and you've learned from your past really does go a long way. Um, I think, I guess a, a little, met, not a metaphor, but a little rhyme I have is that facts tell, but stories sell. Like if you're looking to really sell a point, the best way you're going to do it is from your lived experience saying, this is what worked for me. Let's see if it can work for this person here. Um, because that's, again, not only is it going to help, you know, push your point forward and across to the, the app, like the, the marker, but it's also going to help you stand out from the crowd who's just saying, saying, oh yeah, split the prize with Joe, because that is, you know, the basic, and they're looking for the out of the box answers, which work. Um, I also strongly, strongly recommend, and this isn't something I did because I, you know, applying to physics school is, you know, nerve wracking and you don't really want to expose yourself to that because it's, it's scary. But what I want to say is you should definitely collaborate with your, your colleagues and your peers and your friends and anybody else you know who would be able to help you. So if someone else you know is running the Casper test, 
You guys are going to be way better if you work together and you compare answers and you practice together and you kind of help each other learn than you would if you were just by yourself and trying to make yourself do better on your own. Because again, they might think of uh, points that you couldn't even think of, you didn't even realize were there. Um, and you might know something that they might know, or um, they could teach you something new. So I definitely recommend learning from other people and in other groups if you can. Um, I also recommend getting as much feedback on your answers as you can. Um, just like, you know, write up your answer, give yourself that five minute time slot, and then have somebody kind of look it over and give them your opinion, give, um, have them get their opinions on it. Because that's where you really do your learning is like, you know, seeing where you could improve and what you kind of missed and what could be better. Um, because that's what I did. Again, like I, I had a team, I had the, the career resources at Brock. Um, I they had Casper prep, so I was like, okay, this is excellent. Um, and then I found friends, like my, my one of my friends, shout out Lisa, um, she was a nursing student and that was something they had to do to get into their program was the Casper. Um, so we did uh, Casper prep together and she had such great advice that I wouldn't have even thought of. So again, just opening up to other people and trying to get their perspectives will really go a long way. Man. Aaron, if I, if I was writing the Casper right now, or if I was going to be writing the Casper in the next, you know, month here, or sorry, few months here, I would have loved to hear all that. Like that, that was very intricate, great advice for, for anyone doing that. So appreciate that for sure. I'm sure you can maybe add on a few other pearls here, Mike. Yeah, I don't, I don't have too much to say other than what Aaron said, but, um, Aaron's advice was great. I, I second all of that. Um, but what what I did in advance, uh, in addition to that, was I purchased um, a prep course that was came with a book, and it came with uh, practice exams that you could do two practice exams that were timed, and then you would submit it, and people would give you feedback. And what I also did was um, I knew people. I was doing research with people and people who were experienced in those types of situations. I'd also give my answers to, and they would give me feedback. Um, so that's what. I did, and I think this helped me a lot. And actually, I would say it's a very good way to prep for these kind of exams because I think Aaron said it's it's not really you can't study for it. So these types of exams, the, the more practice questions you do, uh, the more you get used to how you should write and and what you should write about. Because like Aaron said, it's a time sensitive exam, and you only have so much time. It it seems like thirty seconds before you move on to the next question. So you need to be quick and concise and on your feet. So I would say, you know, try to put yourself in mock exam situations and, and time your answers so that you get used to the feeling. So when it comes down to, you know, game day, it's not the first time that you're writing ethic-based questions, you know, the first time. So um, I think everything that Aaron said and, and try to do as many practice exams as you can and put yourself in the situation uh, would be the would be my advice as well. That guys, that's awesome. Thank you. And to to keep on the theme of just providing like anything for applying to U of T in particular that you think that would help people who you know their dream into U of T physio. Anything you guys can think of, and maybe Mike, you then we'll we'll bounce back to Aaron there. Sure. Yeah, I, I've come up with some general tips. Uh, the first one I would say, you know, first research what the admission requirements are and get those down, crush out your prereqs and the courses they use for the sub GPA. Um, 
one thing I'm big on is have good professional experience. I wouldn't say that you need to volunteer or work at a thousand places, but think about what qualities a physiotherapist would need and put yourself in situations that prove you have those qualities. And, and that will help you not only in the long run, but also writing tests and, and applying to physiotherapy. Um, and the last one was because it worked so well for me, spend a little money to get prep courses or practice exams. For me, this helped me big time and I did it for my national exam too. I'm a big believer in the more you practice in the setting you're going to be in and the type of questions you may be asked, the better you'll do. Uh, so you can't be good at every aspect and accept it. You, you can't always, you can't be 100% at everything. So you got to accept help where you might need it. And I know we're all students and the old budget is, is kind of tight, but think of the long haul and where this money is going. I know we're all okay with dropping, you know, $10, $12 on Starbucks. So, you know, put some money, treat yourself towards physio and, you know, it all pay off in the end. So I think um, those are those are my big three that I would I would say are the general tips for people trying to apply, which worked for me. Thank you, thank you. That's awesome. And yeah, I agree with the Starbucks. Pocket that money, you know. Aaron, how about yourself? <laughs> yeah, well, Mike Mike gave us some great tips, um, and I definitely second all that. Especially the the one of looking to the prereqs uh, early on. I personally, didn't know that you needed psychology to become a physiotherapist it makes some sense but i guess it's just that insight um and i'm able to apply to a few schools um because of it so definitely look into as early as you can and because you don't want to be like me and you know miss out on opportunities that you could have had um but so i i definitely think what my biggest advice to you is is to start learning how to speak about your experiences as early as you can like i i started thinking about it um i guess this summer like if i was applying this year, like this time, my, like, I guess we're in August now. So um, I would start thinking about it in August if you're applying in that year uh, at least, just so you can kind of think about what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, uh, what can you improve upon, what would you like more to speak about than others? Uh, because this is what's going to really help you stand out on your applications and in your interviews. Um, because like I, someone can have some amazing experiences and they could have worked with numerous populations in different settings. But at the end of the day, if you can't talk about it, if you can't explain what you learned from that, it's not really worth anything. Like, it's not going to get you any further than it would if you worked, you know, a very, very minimal, like, a no helpful job, like, where you didn't learn variables because you can't speak about both of them equally. Um, and, like, the person, like, if you're able to speak about it, regardless of what it is, like, if somebody's, like, working at, um, you know, at Taco Bell, if they're able to speak about the experiences they had and the skills that they have, um, and you know, the, the skills that they've developed from their time, that will go a lot further than the person who is an athletic tra trainer for four years, but can't actually explain what they did. So um, yeah, that's my number one tip for, for you all. Um, and then what I did personally to kind of get myself prepped for this is in the summer, I made a, I went through each website of the schools that I'm for, and I, um, I looked for the skills that they kind of harped on the most. So like professionalism or uh, collaboration. And then a lot of them did coincide with the competencies of physiotherapy, but then they kind of had different words to them, like teamwork, you know, like it's very similar to collaboration. Um, but what I would do is I made a list for each school and then I compared it with my experiences and they did there. And then from those skills that were important for each university, 
I then came up with, I guess, antidotes that I could talk about and the way that I would explain what I did to develop that scale in each experience. And I had a different list for each school. Um, so like, for example, like, you know, collaboration was important. So I had a like, story of when I collaborated as part of a healthcare team or as part of like a, um, as part of the sports medicine program. And that was for one school. Like another school is more um, interested in leadership. So I talked about my leadership skills there. And that really allowed me to cater what I was really doing to their to their work. A lot of them um, overlap. So that's not like, don't let that stress you out, but just like looking into seeing what they want and what they want their students to be able to possess, like the skills that they want for their students uh, will really help you out. Um, and then lastly, the first three quite myself answer. And and again, there's a lot of overlap and redundancy, but I asked myself, why do I want to be a physio? Why should I be a physio? And what will I do to improve the field of physiotherapy? And those were kind of what got me starting and started thinking about, is this the career that's right for me? Is this what's going to help me be the best version of me I can be? Um, and why do I deserve to be here? Because again, it is a competitive program. Why do I deserve to be here over somebody else? Um, and that's, again, that's the mindset I was in. I was just really trying to be my best self and I realized that physio was a way to do that. Um, and the only way I was gonna get to that point is by starting early. So start early, see what you can do, um, talk about yourself and why physio is the best for you. Absolutely nailed it. And, and this is why you guys got in, right? Close the book, yeah. done, right? Amazing. No, seriously though, like you guys, clearly showed a ton of preparation and, and Aaron, I know you already highlighted it about, you know, being able to speak about your experiences, but I'm going to put another underline under it that that's, that's so key, right? Because there's a lot of people, like you mentioned, who do have a ton of experiences, right? But it kind of looks like they're almost jumping through hoops just to have that on the resume, but they're, they're not hundred percent sure why they're, why they're doing it. And, you know, like those other experiences that you think aren't going to come out. I know Mike, you alluded to this earlier, like, that they all shape you into into becoming a, a physiotherapist one day you know shout, shout out taco bell 100 percent. shout out the grocery store jobs all of those are are key in your development that's that's great guys um coming down to the last few questions here we want to hear how it's gone so far right you know mike you're 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 like pretty much almost done the program aaron you're you got another you got another year ahead of you. We want to hear what, what's the experience been like so far. So maybe cause Aaron, you've done less than Mike so far and Mike sees he's, he's almost done. Maybe we'll start with you and then, and then Aaron, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, Mike, you can, you can, uh, give us the full realm of the program. Yeah. Well, I, I've really loved my time in this program so far. Like I, I like many other students wanted to be a physio since I was like in grade. I actually, um, for you Ontario friends out there, um, I took a careers and civics class when because you kind of have to in Ontario schools. And in this careers class, I took a, a random career generator in grade 10 and I got physiotherapist. So I've been like kind of, I guess, dialed on becoming a physio since then. Uh, so being here and actually living the dream is, is pretty surreal. Um, so I've really loved it and I've been so grateful. And I remember just like how badly I wanted it. And and like, I kind of use that as my, my anchor. So I do feel like, oh, wow, this is really hard. Am I going to be able to do it? I just feel like how badly I wanted it. And it just always pushes me through. Um, so that's been a, a, a huge help in regards to like keeping up the workload because it is a lot of work. Um, there 
there is a lot of work, but it is pretty low stakes. Like we haven't had, like I used to have like 45% exams at the end of my, my semester, which were like super stressful. And I was like, wow, how, how could they do that to me? Um, we don't have that in this program. It's more so, you know, the very small 10%, 5%, there might be a 20% here and there, depending on the, the unit and the instructors, but it's not too, too, um, I guess, difficult in that way. Um, we also have a very cool curriculum. It's called the SPEC curriculum. Uh, it stands for Social, Political, Ethical, and Cultural, um, I guess, or Curriculum. And we basically learn about issues in health and healthcare um, with a critical theoretical lens. And um, we understand the role physiotherapy plays, um, driven by the principles of anti-depression, anti-oppression, and mitigating inequality. And this is a really important thing that we have, like a really important curriculum. Um, and it's kind of opened my eyes to see like how how important it is for physios to really advocate and um, really stand up for what's right in the healthcare system. Um, but yeah, so the academic work has been pretty good. It's it's tough, but it's it's good. Um, we've also had I've had my first placement, and my placement was really great. I was at Northwood General Hospital um, in the respiratory neurology and stroke units. Um, I I had the opportunity to my my CI was incredible. Again, shout out Scarlett. Um, and she covered three units by herself. Um, so there were times where she would have to, you know, tend to the neuro and the stroke units, and then she'd just kind of leave me in respiratory to do my thing, uh, which let, let me take on quite a bit of responsibility. Uh, I ended up taking on most of that caseload, aside from like the really complex case, uh, cases. I went to unit rounds independently, um, and I was able to contribute and provide insight to um, on the discharge planning and just status and like ways to continue our, our treatment and intervene. Uh, interventions. Um, we have a research unit coming up. I'm sure Michael Mike can talk about that more, but I, I'm on a, a project which I'm really excited about. It's focusing on um, the facilitators and barriers to sport participation in adults age 50 plus with a spinal cord injury. Um, and again, I, I'm very interested in this field and being able to do that as like a, a research project that is like a, a solid component of my curriculum and my, my program at UFT is it's really exciting. I'm very happy about it. Um, and then it's it's great being at UFT because it's such a big program. And, and at first, and the reason why I purposely didn't go to my undergrad is because it was so big and it's intimidating and you can't really make a name for yourself because you're more so a number. But in this program, you're not a number at all. You are you. And um, it's really easy to make friends because you're all in the same thing together. And they did a very good job because um, we have our, our learning pods, which are like the place places, the group that you'd be learning with, and that's the community of clinical skills labs with. Um, and the way that they made the first learning pods was based off of a geographic location. So the students who were living downtown together were working together, and they got to get to know each other pretty well, and they were living nearby, so it worked out for them. And then the students like myself who were commuting from uh, North York or East York or outside of the, the central uh, city of Toronto, um, we were able to get to know each other pretty well. And we were all in the same boat, we were all commuting, and we were all able to make friends together. And at the end of the day, like you end up becoming friends with most people in the program. Um, and because you see them every day and everywhere you are as well. So um, it's it's really easy to make friends. It's kind of like high school, but we're all adults and it's a lot easier to, to be yourself. Um, and the best part about it is that you're all going through the same thing and you always have a topic of conversation. So. It's it's great. I really love the program, and it's been it's been wonderful to me. And I continue. I hope to continue it going forward. I guess so. I guess I'm in it now. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That, that's amazing to hear, Aaron. And and honestly, like for for us, 
like myself, Reed, even Cash, we can group him into that. Like, you know, we saw you before you were in physio school and, you know, we talked to you a ton, even like a year before you applied. Right. And we knew how much you wanted it. Right. We talked to a lot of people all the time about getting into physio school and like, like, man, this guy is really about that physio life. Like he wants to get in probably more than anyone that we know right now, even in the past. Right. And to see where you're at now and you're super involved and you're absolutely loving it. Like it, it's amazing for us to see it. So kudos to you, man. You, you worked hard and you got there. Uh, Mike floors yours now. Tell, tell, tell us how the two years has been, man. My experience has been awesome. I, I think, the, the biggest adjustments and it's a good adjustment is that PT school isn't like undergrad. It's not um, cutthroat and not trying to achieve above 90% in, in every class or course. Obviously, you still want to get good marks, um, but everyone in the program is here to help you succeed. Profs, they go above and beyond to make sure that you understand the material and are, and are very accommodating, especially for me. Unit 10 wasn't the strongest for me, but I reached out for help and, and, and they were always there and they're always accommodating. So it, 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 you're not alone in the program. You know, you always have someone there for you and it makes you feel like you're, you're part of a family. And you get close with a lot of people uh, because there's only around 110 people. I think our class is 110 people. I'm not sure about you, Aaron, but uh, I think it's similar, right? Eh? It's like 110. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, with my year, code, think it's, yeah, yeah. So around, you know, around the hundred mark. Um, but yeah, my year COVID take uh, it, it took a toll on being able to hang out with different people at school because, you know, we would come in for labs and then we'd do our thing and we'd have to go home and we couldn't stay at the university. And then at that time, like everything was closed. Um, so that was a tough time, but it started to ease up and, and by the end, everyone knows everyone you're, you're all one big family. So it's, it's really awesome. I came out with friends that I will confidently say they'll be my friends for life. You know, not like your undergrad class school friends that once like the class is done. So is your friendship kind of thing, you know, <laughs> you only like hang out with them when that class is going on. Um, but there's a lot of uh, group work at U of T as well. And everyone is willing to like grind and pull their weight. You don't have any like slackers anymore. And every group that I've been in, uh, we got along and we crushed out our project. Uh, big shout out to my research group because uh, we got through that. Um, my research, it was one of the, we had a few quantitative research projects, which was good because the majority are qualitative. Um, so we had quantitative, we were looking at NMES, um, so we virtually, which was interesting. So, um, I'm not going to spoil, um, our research, you know, when it's published, you can, you know, go read the research paper. Um, but it, it was cool. Like, um, we, we did all of our data analysis and, and every single one of us, and we, we learned like SPSS, which I I've never used before, but, um, you learn a lot through research and it really makes you, it's a grind, you know, I'm not going to lie, but like I said, everyone's willing to pull their weight. So you all do it, you all work through it. And you, and you really learn a lot um, about the research process because Aaron, in the first kind of uh, unit, when you get back, you have all these classes about how to conduct research, how to conduct surveys. So you really have a foundation 
Um, you, you're not just sent out there and being like, okay, do your research. Um, they really give you a foundation. And again, they're always there to help. And so you, you get a good foundation and then you build on that. You, you work through your data analysis, data collection, and then you write a research paper. Like it's, it's probably one of my favorite um, re, um, units in, in U of T and probably one of the big reasons why I actually chose U of T, like I said earlier. Uh, but yeah, shout out to that, you know, research group. Um, so it's a really great environment. You know, placements have been huge. And like I said before, that was one of the main reasons why I chose U of T. Um, I got to work with many talented physiotherapists who have taught me so much and improved my skills tenfold. And you get to interact with other healthcare professionals. Uh, at my last placement, you know, I helped uh, a doctor pull out a chest tube from a patient, which was crazy. Um, and, you know, just like the, the downtown core is amazing. Like you, you go out, you walk around, you have these top tier hospitals, like on the same street as university. And it's, and it's really inspiring. And it sometimes, you know, after class, I would just, you know, walk past them. And, and it's just a real big, like motivator, right? You got Toronto General, like, which is one of the top, you know, hospitals. And it's just like a good, keeps you on track, you know, like this is, I'm here, this is what I'm working for. And, you know, it's all coming together now. It's a little bit nerve wracking because I'm at the end and, you know, it's a little bit up in the air, but I'm glad I chose U of T and curriculum is great. So experiences have been nothing but fantastic. You know, I can't, I don't really have anything bad to say about U of T. Man, that's awesome. You're making me, making me wish I went to U of T a little bit. Not going to lie. It sounds like an unreal program. Um, I wanted to wrap things up with one last question for you guys. And you've done a job you know, summarizing the program, talking about the school uh, experience within the program, your placements, it's, it's been amazing. Um, but the other side of your physio school experience is being out of class and being in the city that you school within. And obviously Toronto's got so many things to offer, but I was hoping, to, you know, what was your experience like? And it's going to be kind of cool to hear from both you guys since Aaron, you, you kind of grew up in Toronto and, and Mike, you grew up very far, you know, super far from Toronto, but Sudbury versus Toronto is just a little different, right? Penn versus population of what? Three million, probably way more than that in Toronto. But yeah, I don't know, Aaron, do you experience first and then Mike, you can dive in, wrap things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, you're right. I did grow up here and I had this at my fingertips for most of my life. So, you know, when you're young and you're in high school, you don't really get that same experience as when you're, you know, out and you're an adult and you don't need, you know, parent consent to do anything you want to do type of thing. So I am definitely starting to experience that a bit more here and now, um, being, I guess, 22. Um, but what I find is really interesting. So I used to be the president of the, the, the Kinesiology Students Association at Brock. And I would plan events and we would do things. And it was fun. Like, it was good. And we had, like, you know, student bars that we would have events at um and or maybe we would have like a gala on campus or whatever it was and it was it was good but now i'm, I'm president of the the pt students association and we're planning the o month for incoming first year students and the options are limitless like it's like oh do we want to go to a jay's game do we want to go to ripley's aquarium do we know um you know go to the mat like the mad bar and like we have so many options that like that we could do um, um, and then there was like, you know, boat cruises and some amazing activities that we can really get our students to do. Um, and that's something that I didn't have the experience to do at Brock. Like, there just wasn't that opportunity. There weren't, unless you wanted to go out to like Niagara Falls, which is just not super accessible because 
it's it's far. And uh, so the TTC is a huge, huge hand. Um, and there's always something to do. Like there's uh, lots of different shows going on and there's lots of different student hangs. And the, the U of T campus is ginormous, like incredibly large. It's hard to even fathom how big it is. But that means that there's so many places to study as well and so many places to explore. I remember I would go on uh, a bit of a scavenger hunt at the beginning of the year to like find, because they have these like, you know, the um, the student life gives out like free goodie bags of like, or exam kits or whatever it is student life is. And at Brock, it was like, I'll just go up to the cafeteria and get it. Here it's, I have to, you know, travel like six blocks just to get to the building and then have to find it in the building. Um, I guess there was a bit more adventure to finding that exam kit. And that was, that was cool in itself as well. Um, and I guess the good part about the physio program is that we're all in like one building or the medical science building, which is like a 10 minute walk away. So it's not like you have to actually use those really far buildings that are across this, across the other side of the street or like the city per se. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And even as a commuter, like I do live, um, like about a 35 minute, 40 minute subway away, but it's, you know, it's still very accessible. I'm still able to go to all the month events. Um, I was, I, I didn't feel excluded by any means. So that was, that was pretty cool as well. Uh, just, uh, something I found funny when on your McGill episode, I believe, um, someone named Max, um, said that Montreal is amazing compared to Toronto. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to invite Max over to Toronto and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I've been to Montreal. Um, but Max, if you're listening and you want to, you want to test your theory, just we'll see what's up. Toronto's great. <laughs> Toronto's great. I, I love that. Vancouver that. into that too. <laughs> cool, Mike. What about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, it's it's been fantastic. Like you said, um, it's funny because I think Toronto. Entrance, like going into Toronto, it says there's still like two million people, which I think is like very, very outdated because I know there's like way more than two million people. So, you know, city of Toronto, fix your signs. Um, but yeah, Sudbury, I don't know. I, I grew up where it, it took like, you know, kind of five minutes to get everywhere. So it was a big uh, change for me. But I live in Etobicoke, which is about, I don't know, 20, 20 minutes from downtown. I mean, I live. It's, it's very easy to commute. Like people who are, I, I get a question a lot, like how is the commute? It's very easy. Etobicoke, Mississauga. We have people from like Guelph that come in, which is a bit of longer commute, uh, but they make it work. So kudos to them. But um, Etobicoke, Mississauga, Scarborough, doesn't take too long. Like there's accessible subways, stations like right by, and then it takes like 15 minutes subway. Um, so it's easy to get downtown. And like Aaron was saying, when you first start and throughout school, like, our presidents have um, put together some amazing events uh, throughout the school year, which which really brings people together, reinforcing that that family environment at U of T. Um, so that that's fantastic, and like the downtown core, um, like I said, I, I was always more of a, a big city kind of guy. So I love it. You know, I get together with one of my good friends from physio school. He lives about I don't know ten minutes from me. We take the subway down. Um, we hit up some good eats. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of fantastic, um, uh, food places in downtown Toronto. You know, there's nothing better than after a long lab, you know, grabbing some ramen after and just 
hitting up bubble tea. It's fantastic. I don't know how it is in Vancouver. You got to tell me. It's probably not as good as in Toronto, but it's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like, I don't know. I, I, I love it. Um, um, I live with my girlfriend. So, you know, um, we go downtown a lot and the nightlife is fantastic and everyone's super friendly and there's a lot of things to do. You'll never be bored in downtown Toronto. So um, now, now I think um, Aaron's you're, 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 you guys are getting more involved with the labs. You're able to come down more. So um, it's a great time. Everyone's done at the same time. Um, you know, there's always big huddles outside and everyone's just chatting away. And then that's when you plan to do things, man. Like you plan, you plan to go to eat, you plan to go to the beach. Like there's so many things to do it. it you, you can do something different every day. So it's a, it's a fantastic experience and, um, I'm loving it and I think I'm going to stay here for a very long time. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. Now, it's every wow. hard, but Toronto is good, man. We, we love to hear it. No, Tor- Toronto is a great city. I'm not, I'm not here to start the Vancouver versus Toronto or, or Montreal versus Toronto debate, you know, but we'll, when you come by, we'll have a ramen off. We'll, we'll, we'll see which one's, we'll see which one's better for sure. Okay. Oh, it's awesome guys. Um, just very quickly, um, you know, we, Aaron, I know you alluded to it, um, when, when we asked this question, but like what type of PT do you guys want to be in the future area of practice? Do you want to get into, you know, Aaron, we're no, we know you're a big neuro guy, but is there anything to add to that? And then maybe we can go off the mic after. Yeah, well, I, I definitely love neuro and I, I've already started thinking about ways to like kind of get in the field and really do what I can to contribute to that field and really, I guess, increase the quality of care provided to the patients who need it the most. Um, and that's, I guess, something that I've been working towards, but I, I, I'm still very new and I'm obviously at the beginning my journey so i guess we'll see where it goes and where the wind but um i definitely have aspirations to become like take on some sort of leadership role and either in a clinic or in a hospital uh, or anywhere to be honest where i can actually like i guess have my voice be heard and try to make some some sustainable change that could make um, neuro PT a bit more accessible both uh, physically and financially because those are some of the biggest issues that uh, the neurological population faces unfortunately uh, but it's just about seeing where innovation can be made and uh, I guess putting the effort and the, the work into have it be done. So that's that's where I'm going to try to be. I'm going to, I love physio and I, I hope to be a good physio, but I also hope to be a good advocate as well. That's great. That's great. I, lo- I love that you're keeping an open mind going through it, right? You know, we, we know neuros in, in the in the forefront there, but who knows? Things may change as, as we go, which is which is great. Um, Mike, I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I'm wondering, has any, has anything changed? Where, where are you thinking of going in the, in the next, I guess, month or so here? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm, I'm still on the fence. I get a idea, but I, I keep an open mind. You know, there's so many fields and opportunities for physios to work in. So there's no shortage of choice. Um, but as of right now, I think I'm leaning towards, you know, private practice, MSK and also part-time hospital work. Um, I think eventually I want to specialize in like niche condition, uh, like treating like TMD or, or something that people can come see me specifically for. Uh, but we'll see, you know, where the career takes me. And, and that's something that's good about physio is that like when you graduate, you're not set in stone. Um, like if you start off a neuro, you know, you can 
you know, 10 years down the line, you can switch to, to cardio rest or you can switch to treating burns and stuff like that. So it's, it's, you can always have a new experience, you know? Um, so I, I'm gearing towards MSK, um, but you know, it's always open for change. See, see where the wind blows. I love it. Well, we know whatever you guys end up doing, you're going to be a one at it. Absolutely, Absolutely phenomenal. So we're, we're excited for you guys, man. We're excited for you guys. Uh, Reed, any last words for you, man? No, I just want to thank you guys. Like that is over an hour of unreal. So, you know, whoever got to listen to this episode and go all the way through, I mean, shout, thank you. Send you a, an e-gift card for ramen or something like that. <laughs> you know, you fill the pockets of the boys, but, uh, no, obviously so much like this is a, a long time to spend on a Friday night and a lot and best of luck whatever comes down the pipeline for you guys. And just like what Anthony just know, we're pumped to see the careers take off here. Oh, amazing. I love it, man. And any last words from you guys before we wrap up here, Aaron, um, if it's okay with you guys, I'd love to play a little tribute to, I guess what kind of helped get me here, um, in the first place. So I'm just going to go for it. Those were the videos that I remember watching in my first year residence, which was like, wow, this is awesome. What do I have to do to be here? So thank you, Anthony, for making that content. That's what I try to style off a lot of my content off of is just, you know, what do I wish I knew when I was in, in those shoes? So, you, you Anthony, Pinto de Costa, thank you. For, thanks for having me. It's a huge pleasure, and I, I hope you learned from this. Oh, man, Aaron. That's it. I thanks, guys. Can't, can't thank you enough, man. That's an amazing trivia. Really, really appreciate it. And honestly, I just I love seeing, you know, the position you're in right now and, you know, kind of carrying it on. That's that's amazing, man. And Mike. Yeah, man. Um I just want to thank uh, you guys for having me on here. It was a real honor to with, you know, two upcoming juggernauts in the physiotherapy. <laughs> um, you know, I wish, wish all the best for you two. I know you guys are going to kill it. And, and Aaron, it was a, it was a pleasure to be on here with you, man, and represent UFT, a, a great school it is and, and represent the field of physiotherapy. And, you know, um, yeah, it's just been a pleasure to talk and, and, and pick the brains of, of you and, and the boys on here. And, it was a great chat. I thoroughly enjoyed my time, so I, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Man, hour and a half of gold here. We really appreciate your time. All right, guys. So if you enjoyed this episode, please, please consider leaving a five-star review. Maybe even write a little bit uh, about us. We, we'd really appreciate the, the support so we can continue to get great guests like these guys on here in the future. So we will see you guys at the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Physio School Podcast. If you want to hear more from us, consider subscribing so that you don't miss any future episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you wrote us a review so that we can continue to give you our very best. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.